0: The land of, where the shadows
1: descend upon the lands Our divine lord will walk alongside us as he walks. So sayeth the flesh of our
0: the world, the earth. And such the pestilence will follow in his way we know possible, we shall be struck down by the pier. Welcome back to Mage's Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to games beyond Baldur's Gate. This is episode 57 and we're playing Torment: Tides of Numenera. I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny and I play Balthazar. Oh, I wonder, you know, what's what's uh what's Balthazar up to, Danny?
1: You wanna know the whole the whole kit and caboodle?
0: <sighs> you know what?
1: I think I need a recap.
0: You need a well, recap the whole story. It's,
1: it's, it's been a little
0: bit. It's been it, it, been. The, yeah. it, this is our post holiday episode. Well, you know what's interesting is that real time listeners know that it's been like a month and a half or something, maybe even two months since we've recorded it, uh, an episode. Mm-hmm. But people who are just blitzing through this, you know the people who Aladdin are joining fans. us, joining us when they heard about our
1: us starting our playthrough of Pillars of Eternity Four: The Endless Struggle, uh, are, are, are they're they're working their way through the backlog. And this is just a this is just an, another episode. Pillars of Eternity Five. There's more gods, I guess. <laughs> there's there's more gods, and we hate them.
0: And, and you know what? They hate us too. They. Hate,
1: <laughs> Oh, that—that that, uh, finally we get our we get our canonical character of like provincial like country bumpkin who who says, uh, "Call me old fashioned,
0: but I hate the gods.
1: <laughs> they suck." <laughs> have you Have you played these video games to talk about it?
0: Mm-hmm. Jeff Pitchfork, <laughs> Jeff the guy Pitchfork. who hates the gods. The That's my next
1: character in the next RPG we play. Uh, is that just... Uh, are you going to create a whole party of Jeff Pitchforks and Icewind Dale? A game no, that I'm, I'm <laughs> dying to get
0: to after playing this, by the way. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's... Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> you're, you're cleverly maneuvering your way out of having
1: to summarize the story No, so I'm far. summarizing the story so far. So this is a game where we play the last cast-off, and we are the most recent cast-off incarnation of a constantly reincarnating deity called the Changing God. We have been thrown to the ninth world this this place that this game takes place in i suppose and uh we meet some folks and i guess really interesting in terms of our big quest is we just want to fix our resonance chamber which is the 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 cantankerous machine that we fell to earth on and uh and yeah so we we met some folks and we're trying to figure out how to fix this and eventually somebody in town says oh you got to go to this special place you got to go to the place where all the all the dead heroes are and that's that's where where this episode begins
0: well that's very interesting that you skipped um several episodes worth of content there in the middle
1: i mean that's how i always
0: do this though is like the the further it goes on the more i'm gonna like skip in the middle but, uh, well, I bring it up, not not just because you're skipping, um, but because none of that matters. Yeah, no, it is a complete plot cul-de-sac.
1: <laughs> thank you, <laughs> like, thank you. At first, there's a little bit, I, I was detecting a little bit of, like, accusatory, like, Danny, you're, you're slacking, but no, thank you for vindicating me. None, none, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of this, like, game, like, the last four hours that we played. Doesn't
0: really matter, does it? Does not seem to, in any measurable way... Other than uh, talking to Matt Kenna, or Matt Kenna, you know, finding her, Mm -hmm. that mattered. But all the Mm -hmm. stuff we did along the way, I don't feel like I learned all that much about the world. I don't feel like I have a lot of insight into the things that that now have have come along afterward. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just kind of a big, I mean, cool stuff happened. Sure, you know, the the Fifth Eye Tavern—that's some of the best storytelling I think in one of these games that we've encountered. I really enjoy that that whole little thing. But uh, yeah, it, I, it is a little know. different when you look back to how we would have to sur- summarize
1: the plot of Planescape Torment. You know, compared to this versus like a Baldur's Gate game versus this, uh, Planescape Torment, we were gated by like we had to meet important people, mm-hmm. but our goal would shift, right? Like, at first it was like, we got to find Farad, right? That was the big thing. And it, like, shifted. We, we were always trying to, like, figure out our, you know, our, the nature of our being. But uh, the vector through which we had to do that was was kind of constantly changing.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, too, about, because as I just said that, I thought, well, the chapter two of Baldur's Gate 2, It's kind of like this, right? The the money-gathering thing. But then I thought, no, (laughs) everywhere you go in Baldur's... Or in uh, Athkatla, in in the city, everywhere you go there, there's shades of the Thieves' Guild versus the vampire stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, like, information that you're learning about that. And you can do a very long quest, you know, the Thieves' Guild stuff or the vampire stuff that gives you a whole lot of information. And that's secondary. You don't have to do those things. Um, but optionally, you can get a lot of information about the big politics of the mission that you're on. Yeah. But I did not like there was no opportunity in in the kind of first section of this game for me to like learn a whole bunch about Matt Kenna and the relationship of the Changing God to Matt Kinna and things like that. Um, yeah. It was it was me and my relationship to the Changing God and to other castoffs, which basically just seems to be like. They're people you they're know, ball they're spawn d- yeah they're ball spawn <laughs> that's just <laughs> we're about to go
1: to that 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 wild town where all the ball spawn have like taken refuge basically mm-hmm we're not, we're <laughs> we're not, not this episode, jump ahead not but, this yeah. episode but yeah you know. um no I th- I agree with you and also there is a there's an element of like uh the world feels like it's more organically put together in a Planescape Torment because what are we trying to do? We're trying to accomplish X. We're trying to, like, figure out who we are. Um, but in order to do that, our our the goals are, you know, the target's shifting one way or another based on the, the knowledge we have. Whereas this game, it's like, we need to fix the resonance chamber. Okay. Uh, and every time we, like, go to the person that we think... We'll be able to fix it. They're just like, oh, you're, the princess is in another castle.
0: Yes. Well, not even... Well, I, I, it's it's kind of worse <laughs> than that. It's kind of right? worse than that. Because it, I understand the trick that the game is trying to pull. Mm-hmm. Meaning that this game is trying to set up a scenario where you have the reveal that we got in Planescape Torment, right? Mm-hmm. Which was that the room you woke up in ...is the room that is the gateway to the end of the game. And we had to do all this work, right? They gave up the ghost too early. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it was like, oh, they like could not wait to get that reference <laughs> yeah. jammed in here, right? Um, and so it's like, yeah, of course we're going back there. But, like, we are... Planescape Torment was not cool because we got to go back to where we came from. It was cool because you didn't know that until the very end. Exactly. Yeah, like, there was a reveal to it. And that meant you could, you know, in the way that you're talking about it, you could plot out the game based on who you were talking to or what items you got or things like that, even though ultimately it is kind of circular. Mm-hmm. But here at the very beginning of the game it's just like, listen, it's circular and you're gonna forget about this resonance chamber for <laughs> hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Because but. we're gonna make you sit through combats that that take
1: hours and hours of your life.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to learn a little bit
1: about that. (laughs) I didn't have
0: any of that. Uh, Um, Not in this app. Not in this episode. I didn't have this in either of the apps. Okay. Record. We're kind of recording two episodes at one time for uh, people Mm -hmm. people at home, uh, so they they know that. But yeah, we did come to we took an airship at the end of last episode to get to the Valley of Dead Heroes. What did you think about this uh, this place? I don't like this location.
1: Okay. On a visceral level, I don't like the Valley of Dead Heroes. I think that there is a lot to be said for balancing tropes and cliches with doing new, interesting things with, with you know, uh, environmental design, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that there's uh, this game, when, it, when it's doing well with environmental design and, and like the way these areas look, right. it's doing great. I'll say that. I think, that, um, I think that there are elements I've seen in, in various levels that look really nice. But let me just say, the Valley of Dead Heroes has interesting little features in it, but it looks like a hodgepodge of nonsense. Like, it looks like a bunch of random stuff thrown together and it is very disorienting on that level it does not like i remember like it was it was several weeks before i like booted the game up back up again and i looked at this place and i had to like read my journal to figure out what this place represented because it just looks like nonsense it looks like a billion different things
0: am i like completely alone here no, I think that's right. And I don't know why it's like this.
1: Um, <laughs> well, see when we when we had like uh weird things that happened in Siege of Dragonspear or or Baldur's Gate 2, we were able to give the excuse, "Oh, these are just leftover, these are just leftover assets from uh from uh Planescape Torment, right?" mm mm-hmm. Mhm we don't have that excuse in this game. It does that,
0: that they don't have that, uh, that level of, uh, of, of excuse. Yeah. So I, I, am pulling up here, a, a, an area map just to kind of describe it. So what it is, is like, it's, it, it's, like a big area that's built into a cliff. Mm-hmm. It has in the middle of it, a giant skull. Like yeah. a animal skull. Yeah. It looked like a, F- feline maybe yeah some sort of cat skull around mm. that it's like a big wall that's kind of a necropolis it's got some big statues um there's like a big lava flow <laughs> coming from the left side of the screen yes it's like surrounding the skull and then there's like pipes that are piping it off the edge of the cliff um, you can go in the necropolis there's all these like alcoves there's just a big ass portal floating in the sky for no reason you navigate this whole area by going into these weird like rift portals and go that are color coded yeah it is it's literal nonsense
1: <laughs> it's, it's so uh, uh,
0: yeah it's frustrating
1: to me it's frustrating to me and it and it's not because it's just nonsense like there like look when you first step outside the uh, residence chamber thing there's a lot of nonsense there too but mm-hmm. what frustrates me is that with the valley of dead heroes certain themes are supposed to be evoked here right mm-hmm. like this is this is a weird ninth world take on a on a tomb or you know or you know network of tombs like a this weird special sci-fi fantasy cemetery. Well and I, th- and it's so hodgepodgey, I don't even get that. I have to read
0: the journal to like figure out what this place is. Yeah, I mean, what's even I it's such a a weirdly blown opportunity, right? I was going to say wasted. I don't think it's wasted. I think it does maybe what it's trying to do. But it does not evoke the feelings that it's supposed to be evoking. Because yeah. what's what is like lore wise to me very cool about this is like that on one hand human beings know what this is for, right? It's it's it has a necropolis, there's tombs, there's all that kind of stuff. But it, it the other side is it's a memorial and it's a memorial to to names and people that, that we have no access to. Right, so it's kind of like this massive, unthinkable, like Vietnam Wall. If you couldn't read the names, right? Yeah, um, that, like, that, that's the. It, it's meant to have like, you know, this massive war, th- this huge area that is the tomb of billions of unknown soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have that aura of mystery and weirdness, or whatever. And there's a giant cat skull and, like, a weird cat puzzle in the middle of it that just ruins any of those vibes. So, like, on one hand, like, both things are true, right? What you're pointing out is that it does not visually signify any of the things that the game itself is telling us it's supposed to. On the other hand, it doesn't even deliver the emotions that it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to. So, it, it, you know, by any measure, I think that it's failing what it is trying, what it says it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, But in any case, we
1: arrive in the Valley of Dead Heroes and we're immediately kind of cast into the central conflict of the area, which is we have on one side, we have the memorialists, which I guess are kind of an academic religious order, you know, seeking to... Keep the sacred, sacred, and like the names written down, and like the order here in this, you know, weird Vietnam memorial situation, as you were just mm-hmm. talking about, right? Yeah. And we also have the Children of the Endless Gate, which is a cult that I mentioned briefly as far as with the murder mystery mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but anyway, I guess the story here is that these Children of the Endless Gate have kind of recently, like, set up shop. Like, you can talk to several people in this zone that seem to intimate that, like, this is a conflict that's, like, been going on for at least a little bit. It's not like this conflict just broke out as we as we came here. Um, and uh, I don't know, like, what was your sense of the timeline?
0: Uh, of, like, how long they've been going? and yeah. Things like that? I have no idea know yeah. like I, it had to have like, I I mean I guess I guess my assumption is like it can't be a hundred years. I'll tell you that right now. Based it, exactly. on exactly, yeah. Um, but th- so
1: you have these cultists that are basically have attempted to hijack one of the tombs in order to. In order to affect this religious prophecy, which I did, like the full side quest to like resolve the children of the endless gate. Did you did you do one of those? No, not even remotely. Okay, so I can give you a little bit more, uh, a little bit more insight into 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 that. That was actually one of the more interesting things that happened. But anyway, so the moment
0: you come in, you have to make a choice, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is a there's a fight about to break out in front of you. What did you choose? Yeah, so there's like some memorialists, and they're basically just being bullied. Yeah, right by by these uh, endless gate people, and I think I guess is is safe to say. Yeah, yeah, I mean they. Yeah, I don't unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is an aside, but I understand that like the whole Ninth World Numenera kind of deal is like. Everything is partial information and it's all big, weird, planescape kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, much like the visual design of this uh, area, it all just kind of collapses into mush mm-hmm. of, like, proper names. And when that really clicks, I think it is cool. But most of the time, um, like, the, that framework is doing very little for me. Like, I found this game... Um, I was gonna say stressful but not stressful but just like time consuming and eventually wearying yeah. to read through um, but that's a little bit to the side so I uh, I, I chose the memorialists because they were not initiating mm-hmm. this this conflict and so I said hey um, cult people get out of here and I like used my intimidate skill and they went away I did that too I have like a
1: bug that I have as an accessory that gives me extra intimidate skill or something like that it's like a bug or a or a bracer they're the exact same thing in this game there's no uh-huh. like reality doesn't matter like everything is just everything that's kind of my feeling in this game it could be a bracelet it could be a bug no could mm-hmm. be a sword could be a could be a, a thought could be like just a thought that you've had you know whatever in any case i intimidated those cultists too and um and there are a couple of these people, and they kind of point us. Gosh, it's it's such a lore dump when you first talk to these two memorialists because they like they tell you what the Valley of, the De- of Dead Heroes is. Um, they kind of fill you in, and you you're coming here specifically to get to one particular uh, tomb, right? Like yeah, you he, want, you want access to your like the Changing God or Last Cast Off
0: Tomb. I guess you are coming here to get the hell out of here as fast as possible. Yes, this is this is a this is a like speed bump on your heroic quest to like play this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, yeah, you were doing in very much a Planescape Torment kind of way. You are trying to find the Changing God's tomb in order to open the portal to A Vest, which is like the place where the castoffs hang out. Mm-hmm. So they give you a bunch of that, and I
1: figure, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta find here. I go to the center area with this cat. Is there a puzzle associated with this cat skull?
0: Yeah, so there's a big cat skull, and there's like a statue of a cat kind of in the eyeball. Mm-hmm. And you gotta do a puzzle in there. You didn't do that? No. Um, you do that puzzle for... In order to figure out... Oh, I have not my notes here. I, I don't remember why I did it. Uh... Well, you said it made no sense in, in the notes here. You say, makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about getting a name. So I had to... Well, we'll, we'll talk about it in just a minute. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of in the middle of... The next thing you do with the memorialists. So, well, in this central
1: area, the Nixothera Demon is roving around. Do you remember that guy?
0: Mm, no, I don't.
1: No, it's the giant squid that's in the center of uh, of the, like the starting area that I've set loose. Oh, he's not there for
0: me because I didn't set him loose. Yeah, I set him loose and he's there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of stuff that's actually in here to begin with. Well, what's so, he up to? He's just roving
1: around with his syringe tentacles, just attacking everyone. Really? Yeah. He's real mean. (laughs) You don't have to fight him, do you? You have to, like, it really constrains your movement in the area. You can't go above, like, the central... uh, You kind of have to go the long way around every time you want to get around the area, because you can't go above the central plateau like platform
0: thing oh well, that's a real that's just a real kick in the the old took us yeah it? <laughs> it's got like 180 hit points <laughs> you know that is something that i mean i'm sure you felt the pain of just a little <laughs> bit but i don't really know like what my combat skill should be mm-hmm. you know there's nothing to measure your progress against in this game which in some ways is really liberating but but sometimes, you know, when the game forces you into fights or things like that, I look at how many hit points, for example, that I have, and how many hit points everything else in the game has, <laughs> and I think, oh, there might be something going on that's bad here. Yeah, I might as be as opposed not to good.
1: Uh, as opposed to Baldur's Gate, where w- every twenty minutes you were you were set against like a shadow evil version of your party or like a party of six you know, various classed hobgoblins, like well-balanced, like equipped hobgoblins. And you were like constantly meeting the metric, right? Yeah. Like hobgoblins are the measure of all things and you were constantly being evaluated. And if you were found lacking, you know, you're not going to be surprised in Baldur's Gate when you find out that you suck at combat because you've known it. You've known it from the beginning.
0: Yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna feel that pain and you go, Oh, I guess I don't I guess I don't fight these guys for a while and something else. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, that's a wizard with a globe of invulnerability. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that later. Whereas
1: uh, yeah, whereas combat in this game is so obfuscated by like fifty layers of negative fetals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, the first five turns of combat are just various, like, enemies, like, targeting each other with, like, various positive and negative fettles, all of which have unique names. There aren't, like, keywords, It's right? It's, yes. So it's, 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 it's just like, oh, Death's
0: Gate, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I guess it's something. And so... You remember at the end of Planescape Torment When I was talking about how cool I thought it was That there were those like Final Fantasy 7 animations For all the high level spells Yeah And I was like it would be awesome if those were in Baldur's Gate If if those were like peppered throughout a game Mm -hmm. I was wrong (laughs) (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. all of the fettle kind of stuff in this game They're not that elaborate But the animation times are very long Yes Yeah
1: and it, it, it insult to injury that it's turn-based, right? Yes. Like, Somehow it's one thing if, universe. like, the, if the real-time combat is, like, occasionally interrupted by, like, an animation. I feel like that is much easier to swallow <laughs> than, uh, oh, it's your turn. It's already going to take, like, just slightly too long. Just, like, 1.2 seconds between each turn. Have you noticed this about this game? It's, yeah. like, every time somebody's turn ends, it's just, like uncomfortably long between when the next turn begins because the camera's got to do a very smooth like cool shift between each character it's like everything's so polished you're just slip sliding away all the time
0: yeah Um it is torture um, <laughs> but yeah so there's a lot of like people running around here so there was like the, the guy with three heads did you see that guy? Yeah. Did you you do his quest line? I didn't do his quest
1: line, but I chatted with him about how he had three heads. I talked to the guy with, like, a metal helmet, like a special adamantium helmet just fused to his skull. Mm Mm-hmm. He's the the merchant around here. He's just got dead, like, dead folks around him, like dead cultists. He's like, yeah, they don't bother
0: me. (laughs) (laughs) I murder them all. (laughs) I murder them. Um... Uh, interesting the the you know each of the companions in this game has their own kind of little quest line mm-hmm. and uh two of them you can kind of do stuff with here uh the first one is aritas which is one of the cooler characters in this game or any game Ooh. um I, i've talked a little bit about him before but he's the dude who's like just very excited about adventure he's always talking about like wanting to to get on down the road and to fight bad guys. I mean, he's basically a parody of Minsk, right? Or mm. uh, in the way that Minsk is, like, over zealous because uh, he is kind of a traditional fantasy hero. You know, he's almost this parody of a fantasy hero. Um, Aridus is the same way. You know, he's always trying to chop things apart and fight dudes or whatever. Um, and when you come into the Valley of Dead Heroes, Aridus says, hey, uh, um, you know... Let's just avoid any of those alcoves You know, over there Near the necropolis, let's not go there And because I have read thoughts as one of my Skills, I can see In his head, these two voices Talking to one another And they're like, yes, he's buying it We're not gonna go to those al- that alcove <laughs> And so I was like Alright, well we gotta go to that alcove And in the alcove There was like a uh, shepherd's crook and a Box A black box With like two little figures drawn on it That was open And there was like some sheep's wool or something like that Hmm um, And we like got real agitated he, he got really angry And I was like listen we, we came here Because I can hear these I can, I can read your thoughts I can see these weird things talking to each other What's going on with that And he was like I don't know what you're talking about and I said, well, you know you have a big yellow glowing aura around your body, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts kind of like breaking down a little bit, having some some weird mental stuff going on. And then I got like a little ding in my head that was like, mm, you should go check out the the Mind Palace, or whatever it's called. Huh. The Nexus. Uh-huh. The Labyrinth. The Labyrinth, there we go. Um... No, it's the Nexus where all the heroes of the storm heroes live. <laughs> yes. Um but so yeah, so I got to kind of move one of those side people quests
1: along. Mm. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh there's also
1: like a group of, I guess, fugitives from the Endless War up in the uh up in the mm-hmm. north uh the northwest. hmm You could you could rest there
0: for a hundred big ones. Yeah, it's a real kick in the butt. To have to rest in this game, I, I think I've spent basically all of my money on resting at various points. I think that's what money is for in this game. Well, theoretically, you could buy like Numenera and stuff, but I don't have <laughs> enough money for that.
1: You could buy the thing in the subtitle, sure, I guess, whatever. Yeah,
0: you. Uh, well, all like artifacts in this game—they're actually they're called Numenera. Mm-hmm. So, like your little bug thing, yeah. Now, why are they tides of Numenera? I don't know. Does well, that there, make sense? There, there, there are know. tides. And there are Numenera. <laughs> you put them together. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> you know, no, think. no, it's, it's, it, this game is Outback Steakhouse. There's no rules. There's just right. Hmm. Did you, did you talk to, I, I thought those refugees were cool, but they did not. Like, they had no information to give me <laughs> mm. about anything going on, uh, which I thought was kind of a bummer. It's interesting,
1: uh, you, you cast them as refugees, and I, I, I cast them as deserters. I thought that they were, like, participants in the Endless War, and they absconded. Like, they
0: went AWOL. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess they're not refugees. Mm. Um, they, you can't be a refugee if you're a persecutor. Well, who you know, who's to say who's right? Mm. <laughs> we're going to learn a little bit about that in the next episode. Mhm. You know, when when no one's right, everybody's wrong. Mmm. Um. Did you talk to Barakale? Which one was Barakale? Barakale is uh, like someone who is a scout from the Endless War, who's trying to get to Milavest. Um, she's just walking around, and you talk to her, and she's like, "Yep. Well, I came here to uh, go to Miela Vest and uh, portal was closed. You know anything about that?" And I was like, no, I, I kind of don't. I don't know anything about that. And she said, well, I'm going to try to get over this stupid mountain <laughs> to to get there, I guess. Um, but uh, just letting you know, the sorrow is on the hunt. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, oh, man, we got to have an NPC with some exposition about the world state in here. Got to mm-hmm. throw that on there. But yeah. But well, those are all secondary. Like there's a bunch of secondary quests here, and I'll be honest, I did not do most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was
1: r- the name of the person we would meet at the very beginning is like Ronos. Uh, mm, okay, Kai Soul. Um, and I'm gonna I'm only referencing it here because I'm gonna be referencing him later, like a, a, a couple things after after this side quest. But I think that we both like kind of after you look in the valley, you got to go in the necropolis itself. Um, Yes, where all the tombs are. And we immediately see some just real rude behavior in here.
0: Yes. So the cultists have a bunch of the memorialists held hostage. Yes. And the reason they're doing that is that basically the necropolis is like, you know, there are thousands of tombs. And even who knows more. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, I think we get access to four numbers or three numbers to like. Oh, we get access to like uh, upwards of six. Oh. Oh. Okay. There. are well, so a couple yes. for bonus quests. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. But yes, yeah, so there's a lot of different. Uh. I'm just saying, like the maximum digits. So there's like.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a what do you call it? Like a. You know, like a lock that you would use. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Combination lock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is the cultists want to find one particular tomb, but they don't know where it is, um, and so they're trying to hold these memorialists um, hostage to get that information from them. Um, I solved this. I was trying to think about that cat quest earlier. I solved this by talking to the memorialist and saying, like, yeah, no. "Listen, they're they're gonna murder you. They're gonna mm-hmm. do it. The best thing you can do is give this to me, and I'll like try to negotiate." To the best of, of my ability, and they didn't want to share that information with me. And she told me if I could figure out the name of the gosh, I don't even remember now a particular name, maybe of the first memorialist or something like that. That I could, yeah, do it. It was of a prince, if I recall. Of a prince, um. Anyway, and I just had to, like, run around and do all kinds of stuff, and it eventually ended up up with me talking to all the memorialists and then going and clicking on that cat, the cat statue in the middle of the thing, and answering some riddles based on the information I got from those people. And in its description, in the way it asked the questions, the prince was in the final question. So I was able to take that information back to the memorialist and give the cultists... The information. And then I let the cultists sacrifice the memorialists to their evil dark god. Why'd you do that? I just didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I was just seeing what would happen. I because I remembered doing the quest back when I played this game the first mm-hmm. time, and I think I did it like the the best possible way, you know, mm-hmm. like um, took the good path and I was just interested in seeing what else happened. I tried to persuade the cultists to let the
1: memorialists go. I also talked to the memorialists, and they would not, they did not trust me with the information. And I figured if they didn't trust me with, they didn't trust me with the information because I was still like. On the fence, right? So I Mm -hmm. figured what I have to do is I have to give them a clear sign that I am on their side. So I tried to like persuade or intimidate the cultists into letting them go, but that didn't work. So I like went into combat a couple times to try to like, oh, to try to um, beat these cultists. Um, But it's there's like five of them. So at that point, you're at like a nine person combat. Um and it takes a long time and I reloaded like twice. Um and eventually I like the protagonist dies first. Mm-hmm. And when I went back, I was able to kill the head cultist before the the protagonist died, the last cast off died. Um and when I came back everybody all the cultists was like, Oh snap, we're gonna run away. So that worked. So mm-hmm. if all else fails, just like fight and try to kill the top guy and maybe if the last castoff dies and you come back because that's a thing you can do everybody else will be really afraid because you Yeah, just
0: why can't we life. do that? Do you know? Uh all the castoffs are immortal. Not all of them though, because the ones in the fifth eye were not immortal. They some of them died. Is that true? Yeah, remember the one guy died. He was a holographic projection because he got exploded by Cthulhu or whatever. Maybe that was extenuating circumstances. I think that might have been super death. Yeah. Yeah. That was
1: like that wasn't just
0: vanilla death. That was like French vanilla death. I guess the I guess maybe a problem here is I've not seen any other castoffs die to prove this to me. <laughs> well, I know that the uh, I know that like
1: from later on and also previous conversations we've had that like Matt Kina is hundreds of years old. Like when we entered uh, Paz's mind. Um, Through the mirror caster, that was a memory that was hundreds of years old.
0: Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The defeat by the Sand Knights. Yeah, the Sand Knights, that's correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. I guess so... Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was just maybe more... Because we keep getting all these examples of deep time, Mm -hmm. you know, of like, uh, the the genocide or whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. And, like, the cast-offs... I guess some of them were around for that but not all of them and it you know kind of unclear I think the weird thing is that before you're a cast off you
1: are mortal right Mm, no you're just the changing god well I know but the changing god is like actually mortal because the changing god
0: has to go through all these husks I think he just gets rid of you when he's tired of you not because he's gonna die not because it has to?
1: I don't know. There has to be some necessity to it, right? That was my my understanding is that like it, you, the changing god must the changing god must go through these manifestations. So it's actually
0: no, because there's a, a discussion uh, later where there's a, kind of a metaphysics of what the changing god is up to that's floated, which is saying that each body is an improved body. Mm. Um, that the changing god is just constantly creating new bodies in order to make better ones Hmm. Um, and so it's not a necessity it's just an option I don't know I don't know either okay unclear yeah I don't Um, know why this would be like from a writerly perspective why you would choose to make this unclear (laughs) sure (laughs) you know but anyway Uh, but eventually one way or the other we
1: are able to secure this four-digit code, and with this four-digit code, we are able to go to, I guess, the last Castoff's tomb, a la Planescape Torment. Like, what? That was about a third of the way,
0: halfway through the game, I would say. Mm, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit before that. Um, yeah. Did you know how to find the last Castoff's thing? Like the this tomb code? Yeah. It's like in my quest journal. Oh. I. Well, I mean,
1: ultimately, like, once I got the thing working, I had, like, several codes that I had, quote-unquote, learned from various sources, and it was just already pre-populated. Like, I didn't manually need to enter them in. Yeah, I really got
0: uh, wrecked by this because (laughs) I was keeping track of all the codes that I got, and I was, like, writing them down in my notes that I take while I play the game, you know, Mm -hmm. so we can type up our show notes or whatever. And, um, I wrote down every single code and I probably got like four or something from the various different people, uh, you know, side questy kind of people that are in Mm -hmm. this area. I wrote them all down and I manually typed them in and none of them took me to the thing, Hmm. you know, to the last cast off or the cast offs or the changing gods to, sorry, um, and so then I like scoured every conversation again. I went and talked to everybody again, walked all around this whole thing. I could not find it. I did like some additional side quests. I did like the Phoenix side quest that's there. Hmm. Um, I did all kinds of stuff. And, uh, I eventually, and this is literally after like 30 minutes of just retalking to everyone. I just like went on Google and I was like, what's the tomb? And, uh yeah, you just click on the the thing that that's like here are the codes you remember.
1: Now oh, it's just okay. There you go. It it's just one you already know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, but the, no one tells you that. No one told you. I know. I was I was hoisted <laughs> by my Sometimes own unjust nature. Through. I, you Sometimes should, I just I just click have. through. Ugh. But uh yeah. But, yeah, I did find another tomb where they kind of moved another party member quest forward. Uh, Calistica, who, you know, if you remember from a couple episodes ago, we talked about how she shattered kind of across dimensions. Mm-hmm. And she's always got these kind of ghostly sisters, she calls them, who are alternate reality versions of herself. Um, and she found this kind of harp thing that allowed her to harmonize some frequency stuff and discover some more stuff about her shatteredness, which is cool. Hmm. Yep. Did
1: you go to any other interesting rooms before the last cast-off? I found a guy called Odwald the
0: Sane. Did you find him? Yeah, I remember him. He's like a... You you can buy stuff from him. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's it. Did you go to the gateway of the Children of the Endless Gate? I remembered from the last time I played this game that that was... uh, I just remembered it being... I remember not enjoying it. Maybe I'll mm. say that I didn't remember why, and I just thought, "I bet there's a big fight down there," <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I, I so I just didn't go, uh, and I went right to my normal gate, and I whipped right through that thing and went on to the next part of the game.
1: Well, the memorialists that you save at the entrance to the necropolis uh, ask that you, you know, fix this cultist problem once and for all. That you find, you know, defeat Thank them. You. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to go to this particular tomb where there is just an open gate to what could only be described as like some hell realm right Mm. there are three cultists there when you arrive and they're like oh it's ready we're ready to go let's do it and they just like jump into the portal and it's just like the whole room's covered in blood (laughs) so when when you go and activate the portal the game says hey if you go here you ain't coming back it's gonna be rough so I went in, naturally. Mm-hmm, sure. And first thing you see is, like, it looks like a, a, a bed sheet. Like, it's blackness and, like, a path that's just floating in the blackness, right? Mm-hmm. First thing you see is, like, a a, a brownish-gray bed sheet just floating in the wind. And you go up to it, and it's, like, it's just all flesh, and there's just faces on it. And they're all just, like, screaming and moaning because they're in horrible pain and they say hey what like some of them are begging you to strike it down and smite them and like get rid of them and others are like don't do it you'll only make you'll only make him stronger they don't really say who him is but mm-hmm. like they say the lord or whatever so i smite it and then when I do that, there's, like, a, a path hidden behind it. And you're able to go on the path. And you can do this four more times. Basically, the layout of this level, I did not see the full layout, but I can—I got, I got the picture, is imagine, like, a big S that you mm-hmm. eventually get to, your, like, your destination. But you can take a line through the S, like a dollar sign, like the line through the dollar sign, yeah. to, like, get there quickly. But at every intersection, you have to kill another flesh bed sheet. And every time they talk
0: about how you're making the Lord stronger. And And you're... Every time they're telling you this, you're just smiting that thing out of your way. Absolutely. Okay. Because otherwise, I think that you have to, like, get into a fight at every, like, S-curve.
1: Ah. So I'm taking the shortcut. Okay. Um, In any case, uh, there is a... uh, there I, I, I get to the end and I meet the uh the cultist that ran away from like the gosh second third episode, the 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 murder mystery, the one that got away that was actually guilty of the murders. Oh yeah. She's just hanging out. And she's like, Yeah, it kinda sucks here, but you know, you take what you could get. I swear to god that is the tone of the conversation. <laughs> she's like, Yeah, I had to come here, but
0: you know, it's it's whatever. Yeah, if you if you're behind the flesh the flesh billowing blanket, <laughs> looks okay. They can't see you. They don't talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but anyway, there's this person named Ineffear here, mm-hmm. who I gather is like the Lord of this endless horror. And uh, I do that, and I'm, I'm here in the endless gate, and I I talk to him, and he and he's kind of like a very Farid type character. Okay. He's just kind of like a very gross, sickly old man that um, that is uh, mean and, and very, uh, I don't know. He says a lot of puzzles. He talks in a lot of nonsense. And anyway, at the very end of the conversation, this is where it gets interesting. He says, okay, but before... I, I do anything or I like answer any of your questions. You have to answer uh, some questions of mine. I'm going to tell you about a dream I had and I want oh. you to interpret the dream. Mm. So I say, okay, I'll interpret your dream. And it's weird. It's like a bunch of abstract imagery of like, you know, figures eating other figures, like a figure eating a child and then like, a you know, waves of blood or, you know, all this typical stuff, like real nihilistic Sad, bad, mad stuff, mm-hmm. and I like answer the best I can for like any of it. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's your guilt for you know not fucking helping me, <laughs> you know, like th- like that stuff." And uh, and at the end, uh, he's like, "Well, what do you think?" And then one of my options is intimidate, and I was like, "You better fucking s- it's like close this gate and send me back, or that is the last dream you will ever have." And I put all of my <laughs> pips into it, and it was fifty percent. <laughs> And I got a
0: critical success, and he did that. Wow! He was like, "All right, I'm closing yeah. up this Hellgate." <laughs> you taught <laughs> me. Yep, you taught me. You you threatened me. Huh?
1: I guess like that's the this is the thing, right? Um, I understand what a threat means in Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. because I saw threats get played out in violence, in the violence of the way that game mm-hmm. works. Everything feels so abstracted. All of the characters feel barely even material, you know, corporal. I, like, I don't even know what that means. Like, why? Why would this godlike being, because when I get into combat, it sucks. Like, Nick Therodemon, like, murders the hell out of me. Yeah, like why does this godlike being so like it's funny, like I laughed after that worked. Like, I guess that's funny, but it doesn't make sense
0: to me given like the the you know the the premises this game has laid out. Yeah. I think that this game, like like I was saying earlier, I think that this game, because of the Numenera setting, has a very hard time with tone. And I think mm-hmm. that every care every NPC I'm trying to think of any that, st- that stand out. Maybe the guy who is like the mayor of the... Of the undergrowth or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Boss Hawk. Yes. I think he might be the only character... Who isn't a party member who has a different tone. Everyone mm-hmm. else is written with the exact same voice. Of like lofty pseudo metaphysics to them. Um, yes. And... I, I think that contributes to them feeling kind of like paper thin and uh, immaterial because it's like, well, here's just more words from the same, like weird computer I'm talking to. Um, yeah, and it's because we're moving so quickly through these areas and these characters don't really have much relationship to one another, so you never really they don't stick around in any exactly, kind of way. and you never really get to see like a triangulation of opinion about any of them, so two characters having an opinion about a third character that lets you see oh there's a little bit of like depth and and uh, complicated relationships going on here and it's like no this mm-hmm. is the, here, here's the evil god and people worship him um, you know yeah and I think it's also like on a mechanical level uh,
1: I think that it is important if you want to attempt to avoid like a extreme sense of ludonarrative dissonance. It's nice to 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 wrestle with a game and figure out what is what is what does power look like in this game. Mm-hmm. Like what what do hierarchies look like in this game? As far as I'm concerned, the single most powerful entity in this game is the Nyctothera Demon. Like I don't know. Like interfere seems powerful. He has a whole dimension he's lord over. It's called the Endless Gate. It seemed to be giving these memorialists a rough time. Like, how? Like, where are they in terms of like power and influence, ver- and and like just actual mat- the, the, their ability to affect the material world versus like the the hyper fantasy bureaucrat that I that I. Talked about with like four arms and four yeah. eyes. Like, how do these things re- re- interact? Because in Baldur's Gate, like, you can. There are plenty of criticisms we can level at that series, and even maybe Planescape, Torment. I I felt like I understood the way hierarchies worked in those games. Yeah. Right, the different the different orders of of wizards or or the the harpers or what have you. Things felt like they they it
0: wasn't just two ships passing in the night. And there was some real engagement. There. Well, even I mean I. I, I think that's a really good uh, thing to point out because I think even Planescape Torment manages that because basically every character somewhere in their dialogue, no matter who they were and and where they were in kind of like the material hierarchy of the world, they would be like, yeah, that sounds cool, but uh, don't mess with the Lady of Pain. You don't yes. want to get her attention, yes. you know, whether it's Farad or, uh, you know, the weird clergy guy or the lawyer or... Or fall from grace all those characters there's this Mm -hmm. implicit thing of like well there's there's a boss of this whole place and we don't mess with her Um, Mm -hmm. and even that kind of thing is is beneficial and I guess theoretically in this game that could be the changing god except the whole thing is that people hate him and think you can do bad stuff to him you know he's fair game Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah anyway but I didn't do that quest line
1: uh, anyway, that's how it happens. I close, I close the damn gate. And once you close the damn gate, uh, once I close the damn gate, I just walk through the, uh, the, the portal in the, in the changing God's tomb. Was there anything, was there like a, like a mic drop in the, in the changing God's room that I missed? I don't think there was. I don't think there was like a, I don't, was there a, uh, <laughs> was there
0: a Gorian's chest with a note? <laughs>
1: There was out a, there was
0: this implication i forget the exact uh stuff but you have to look at a couple um paintings and then interpret those paintings in order to get through the gate um that was kind of interesting but no there was no there was no and by the way you were ball spawn the whole time uh mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. um there was no like and by the way there's several different types of you who have all been alive and uh poisoning your journey through life that didn't happen either yeah mm-hmm. well yep so i walked through that portal and got to Miela Vest and uh that's where our next episode is going to pick up that's that's the uh, that's the next one
1: uh Thanks so much for yes. joining us. Any, any shout-outs that we append to the end of the
0: oh, episode? Oh, you got to uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash touch, uh, to uh, get some Twitter updates from us. We've been streaming a little bit more regularly now. Um, or at least just more often uh, than we have previously. Uh, So you can can get up-to-the-date information on that, twitch.tv slash range touch. If you haven't subscribed to us yet and you are for some reason listening to the middle episode of um, this series, (laughs) uh, you should do that. Uh, Hit that thing and hit that little bell button to get all the alarms or whatever. I don't really know how YouTube works, but you can do that. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, tell people about it. Uh, The best thing for us is always word of mouth. And so telling people about the episodes that you liked and and about the video content you liked always helps us out. If you're watching the video, you can go down to the description here and you can find the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast version of Mages and Murder Dads, you can do vice versa to find the video. Um, This season's theme is done by Chris Hunt. Uh, you can find out more information about him down in the description below. If you really, really like this, and you got all the way to the end of this uh, long series of plugs I just gave you, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon. Let's go. Uh, well, just find it. It's in the description down there. Uh, and if you if you <laughs> yeah. want to talk about this episode, uh, you can come to our Discord, which is also down in the description. You can click that link, um, and you can come right in and start talking about how much you like. Yeah death cults god you can talk
1: about anything there's there's so many uh, sub channels and we only moderate half of well, them
0: well I moderate all of them except for the Nintendo Switch mmm that is truly <laughs> I have it turned off I don't see it anything could be going on in there I don't know about it okay I should probably You, should, probably. you should you <laughs> should be <laughs> a moderator for that Mm-hmm. okay
1: well fun. Well uh, thanks for joining us everybody and uh, ciao. In the year of the spirit, a great host will come to me like a plague of locusts. Don't say it's so the
0: wise alarm
1: When the shadows descend upon the lands. Our divine lord will walk alongside us as he walls. Don't so stand for great a lot. I'm not